everyone. It's time to eat, drink, and be merry with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's second Friday food, wine, and travel writers show with the IFTWA, with the IFTWA. There is the IFTWA, no other IFTWA, the International <laughs> Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. And obviously, we call them IFTWA. Uh, so every second Friday, we get to chat with travel writers and bloggers. Um, and it is so cool because they tell us about some of their favorite destinations. And uh, today we're excited to welcome back Stacy Wittig. Uh, we call her Unstoppable Stacy because that's what she is. She's unstoppable. You can follow her on unstoppablestacytravel.com. And if why, you can go to ifwtwa.org. So welcome back, Stacy. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me again. It's great to see you, Lisa. You too. It's been like... A couple of years, I think, you know, this think, is, yeah. yeah. Oh my. I was trying to remember the last time I was on, I was talking about elephants in, yeah, in Thailand. Thailand. That's and right. Yes. Yes. So that was ethical awesome. tourism. Yeah. Oh, we like ethical tourism. I think yes. that's the only way. Now I would say that wine is ethical because it makes us all happy. Yes. <laughs> if you I like have it. I agree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you are talking about New Mexico wine. And um, I because I think they get left off of the map a lot of times. And yet, you know, from what you were saying in your article and everyone, uh, we've got a great article from Stacy that's up on blendradioandtv.com. The link is in the show notes, Iftwa and Stacy's as well, no matter if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, listening on Spotify, wherever, all those places. So check there. But um, you talk about, you know, these some of these vineyards date back pre-Napa, California. Right. So um, one of the things that many people don't know about New Mexico is that it is the first place that vines were planted in North America. So this um, New Mexico back in 1629, um, uh, a Catholic priest was coming up from what we now call Mexico and, um, of course they needed wine for their, um, sacri- sacraments and, mm-hmm. um, communion. And it was, it was, it was a very long voyage to go mm. all the way from Spain to New, to Mexico and then wagon train up to New Mexico where the Spanish were se- settling back in the 15 and 1600s. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, and that's what's so interesting too about your connection, because not only are you a food wine travel writer, but you're also a an um, author, a published author. And I'm dying to hear about your Wisconsin <laughs> book too. By the way, I saw that come out, and we love Wisconsin. Um, it's like you're yes. walking the Ice Age Trail, you know? Um, exactly. Yeah, really. Um, but you have also walked the Camino Trail, right? And that's something right. in Spain. So going to taste wines in New Mexico, which isn't far from your home in Flagstaff, um. That has to be kind of a connected experience for you. Oh, definitely. I have Spain in my heart. I have been walking uh, different Camino routes in Spain since 2005. And um, of course, I love Spanish wine. But it's really great when I can find those connections where I travel as well. So, of course, Spanish connections you can find all over the world. 
But one of those places is New Mexico. So, um, yes, I'm fortunate. I live in Flagstaff, Arizona, so I'm not far from New Mexico, which has fantastic wines. So, you know, we really want to spread the word that their wines are good. Um, you know, it's yeah. fun to talk about the history, but also what these new winemakers are doing. We're, um, wine, wine really came back into New Mexico in the 1980s. People from Europe learned about, um, the land that was available. So we had, um, French winemakers coming. We had people from Germany coming to help put in vines. We had, um, Italians. So there's a really cool blend of, of, different kind, different types of wines in New Mexico. But that all kind of, you know, started again in 1980s. Well, now fast forward to 2023, and we're really seeing the second generation of winemakers. So some of those young people that are making wines now, uh, doing experimentation, um, it's really a it's a phenomenal scene, a great backstory. It's fun to stop in and and hear what they're doing and then taste what they're doing. You know, and it, it you know, New Mexico is known as the land of enchantment, which it, it truly is. And I think what's so great about it, just like Arizona, your home state, is it's so diverse uh, in geography and topography, right? So, I mean, you can right. go to running rivers, like there's the Gila River up in, you know, you were talking about Lordsburg area. Um, and then you could go like to forests, like, you know, out in Cloudcroft and there's certain, there's forests, there's, you know, the desert, you've got white sands. Like, come on, I wonder if you could make wine right outside of, well, Las Cruces area, right? Right, Demi? right. Yeah. So, um, White Sands National Park, it was just made a national park about, Yay. well, right before COVID, it was a national right. monument for years. But, you know, one of the fun things for you or us locals to do is take a sled and go sledding down the sand dunes, which is kind of a crazy thing to do in a national park. But they have sleds available for you as well. And then right outside of there, um, well, actually, it's between um, Alamogordo, where there is winemaking and vineyards. And Las Cruces, where there's winemaking and vineyards. So mm. you can plan, you know, a great New Mexico, New Mexico road trip. Or like I was kind of thinking too, so many people do cross country trips yeah. and they're going cross country and I, uh, 40 or I, um, mm-hmm. 10 and they're driving right by these vineyards. So, hey, let's slow you know, down. I want, yeah, I want to. Yeah. But that's the thing. I, you know, I, that. I'm sure you're like me and you're part of all these Facebook travel groups and park, especially national parks. And everybody's always like, okay, I need to do something on the way in between. Um, have some, you know, to me, it's like the national parks. And as you know, Nancy and I travel full time going to parks, whether it's state or national. And it's the love your parks tour. It's our goal is to connect the communities with the parks and the parks with the communities, which they are by land and by uh, the indigenous people and through history. Right. But so you can't do, I just believe you can't do one without the other to get a full experience, you know, and you obviously can, but I believe like if you're going through Las Cruces and everything, you need to go see the giant roadrunner and then have wine, you know? (laughs) Exactly. And the other fun thing is a giant pistachio. So I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Is is that Las Cruces? That's in Alamogordo. 
Oh, we need to so go there. I saw something that, like that. So, of course, it's that beautiful color green, and it has a shell over it, you know, that's the kind of tan, and it stands up in the desert, like, I don't know how many stories high, but it is the largest pistachio in the world. That's important. And, hey, listen, you've got hatch chilies coming out of New Mexico, too. So Exactly. I, I love this whole balance of, of, of what you've done with this story about people cross country, doing cross-country or planning a road trip. And because it does involve other things, but wine giving this backdrop of, like, yeah, New Mexico is actually a wine destination. How many wine? Let me look at this again. How many wineries did you list? I mean, what? You've got well, 12 wineries. That's a lot for people to, to kind of understand yeah check it out right and i had to narrow that down from 55 different wineries throughout new mexico so there's 55 new mexico is a huge state obviously but i really wanted to put my story together in regards to the road trippers that are on those major interstates so it's really easy to hop on hop off and of Mm -hmm. course the article does talk about drinking responsibility responsibly yeah. so you know, want to make sure you have a driver if you're going to do and tastings water. yes <laughs> yeah some water but, yeah really i think having a driver designated driver is a huge deal because you, you can relax too and you go exactly. oh let me just try one more you know you can but you know and then yes. it's kind of i also think that doing like a gazillion wineries in one day kind of also ruins the palate in a way unless you're you know what I mean? I just kind of want to understand the winery. When you go to a winery, it's not like, let's go taste, 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 and then get on the bus and go. Kind of feel like right. if you can relax there, because, and you did say to um, make reservations, some of them expect that, but sort of like Casa Rodenia, am I yes. pronouncing? He had yes. to teach me. How to, we did get to interview the winemaker, which was fascinating. Oh, he's, super. Have you, did you meet him? I have met him in years past. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, Many years. He's ago. like a little Renaissance man. He really is. He's kind yes, of, he's a he is. Yeah. He and, is. um, but he's all about, I think it was like Andalucha, Spain that he's like recreating oh, this whole. Yeah. And so I, I, first thing when I saw that he was on your list, I was like, Oh, thankfully, you know, cause I'm like, Nancy and I are like, she's got to put him on there. Like Casa Rodenia, um, just to relax there and understand oh. the story, right? Rather than just go taste and get out. Right. And I, I have that same philosophy about uh, tasting wines. I like to mix wine tasting with outdoor activities or seeing something else. But really that relaxing feel of sitting in a winery, and Casta Rodena is perfect for that. It's got that European ambiance and the the joy of living. You know, one of the reasons the I love to go there. Yes. And yeah. you can sit and sip and... um Talk to your poor about the backstories on these different wines. It's so amazing what they're doing with different grape growing in the state, mm-hmm. as well as what then that individual winemaker wants to do with those grapes. Mm-hmm. So it's always fun to, like you said, relax and enjoy. Mm, I, I love it when you can go to winery and have that experience and maybe have a picnic or charcuterie board and, you know, catch up with friends and just kind of, you know what? Ah. Oh. I remember when yes. we were there, a friend called and I'm like, listen, we've got to do this interview. We'll call you back. And then later I'm, we're standing by that fountain outside and we called her and I sent her a photo. I said, look, look what we're doing. And then she's like, how 
dare you? <laughs> I'm like, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of sharing this experience with you, but she's like, but that's no fair. You got the wine, you know, and you're there, but, but there's that feeling of being around in like Albuquerque. You've got Petroglyph National Monument. This is turning oh, into yes. a park show. See what happens when you come on, but Petroglyph right. National Monument, you could go walk that easily. It's an easy, oh. easy walk and go see the petroglyphs in a neighborhood in Albuquerque. Still blows yes. my mind. It is. And it's then amazing. go wine taste. And you had more than one right. winery in Albuquerque. Oh, yes. So, um, oh, good. Oh, that's yeah. a Yeah. So, Gruet is, Gruet, um, is oh. one of the French families that mm-hmm. moved to, um, to New Mexico from the Champagne region in France. So, they brought with them all the secrets to making Champagne and make a superb bubbly out of New Mexico. In fact, Anyone who's listening to this right now can probably find that wine, that sparkling wine by Gruet, um, mm-hmm. in their grocery store or in Whole Foods. Um, you know, some of those, those wine stores. We've had it. It is, it is in, lovely. Yes. All over yeah. the nation. So it's, it's very well known. And in fact, that's the uh, main reason I first went to, um, New Mexico in 2011, because they were making such a name for themselves and winning these fantastic awards all over the nation that I was like, what's going on in New Mexico? Mm. I have to go find out. So that's when I first started writing about New Mexican wines. And I've been in love with them and their winemakers ever since. Wow. Wow. And then um, because I love that you did the cross back and forth. We touched on uh, Las Cruces. So I kind of want to go back to, oh, you had Sheehan Winery in Albuquerque. Um, and everyone, this again, you go on the website uh, with the article because then you can check it out a little bit more about how you're going to do the drive. But, um, Sheehan Winery, tell us about that because that's also Spanish, right? Um, actually, um, he's a good Irish boy. So he, um, started making wines from his garage in, you know, he's, ju- he's in Albuquerque city limits right close to the Rio Grande. So, Many of these wine growing areas go along the Rio Grande River. And he um, was in a neighborhood close by the Rio Grande River and started this winery and is now one of the largest producers in um, in New Mexico. So and what I should probably say, probably not in volume largest producer, but he's making uh, many, many different types of wine. Like okay. you can go into his tasting room there in Old Town, Albuquerque and taste uh-huh. five different New Mexican Merlots. So he's, he's finding Merlot grapes throughout the whole state, bottling them individually to bring out the terroir of that particular place they were grown. And so that's the cool thing I that see. Um, Sheehan okay. Winery is doing. They're really, you know, focusing on those New Mexican grapes and um, getting the the taste from the soil, the climate, the people that are making them. Oh wow, that's amazing! That that's, yeah. I think that's a really cool thing to do. And then um, when we we're talking about Las Cruces area, uh, you talked Amaro Winery. Yes. So Amaro Winery. Um, I hate this, to say this, but I didn't know Las Cruces had all these wineries. I'm like behind. Right. I'm behind. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I it, was my, to do. <laughs> it was my first visit to the wineries in Las Cruces. So 
you're not oh, far okay. behind me. Yeah. I was very excited to go and meet the winemakers there. And um at I'm going to my my article here. Um Las Cruces, I think so Amaro. Um that winemaker is very, very knowledgeable on planting grapes and the agriculture of grape growing. And he taught at the university there for many years. He first came to New Mexico from uh, Germany. So his family, he came from a winemaking family in Germany where they planted a lot of whites. And now he is, you know, one of the experts on, you know, after the years that he's been there, um, making, planting, growing uh, New Mexican wine. So, wow. Yeah. So definitely stop there. But um, yeah, there, I, yeah, you can't miss any of these really. I know. I'm <laughs> just going like, okay, I'm just hanging out there now. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what, what else do we have in, and uh, okay. So, so I'm going to say and... Deming is close to Las Cruces, right? So we can talk yes. about them. Okay. So Luna Rosa, I think I have had that. In fact, I know I have. And yeah, this sounds, this sounds familiar. And I think we had it at a friend's house when we were at Silver City, New Mexico, because she always, oh, never we go to Silver City, she's an artist, Victoria Chick, thank you. Every time we go yes. there, she makes dinner, and then she goes, you've got to try another New Mexico wine. And we're like, okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, Luna Rosa is um, right in Deming, and there's um, also Lake Home Winery there in Deming, but both of this is probably the biggest wine growing section of New Mexico. So oh, it's hot yeah. and it's desert and they have plenty of water from, um, you know, the area that they're in mm-hmm. and they're right on I 10. I 10 goes right through Tucson, Arizona mm-hmm. and then over to LA or is it? Probably yes, it, San yeah, Diego. Well, I, Probably San yeah. Diego. I don't know. Well, I, yeah, yeah. It goes to San Diego. I ten goes but coast to coast. Came, yeah, it goes <laughs> I ten to eight, eight to ten, and all of that. But um, yeah. yeah. So if you go Las Cruces, um, is right off of the interstate. And you keep going, then you'll go like Silver City. Is you get onto the highway, and then you get to Tucson. Then um, from there, one goes eight, one goes ten to Phoenix. I can't remember. Right. Uh, ten, ten goes up to Phoenix. Eight goes to San Diego. Yeah. done that route oh, so okay. many times so, right. i don't want to say i can do it with my eyes closed especially if i have any wine that's not a good thing to do <laughs> that does not go with drive and drink responsibly <laughs> right but um what i wanted to say about the proximity to tucson was i have friends in tucson arizona mm. that drive to demi to pick up their cases of wine at luna rosa so oh, just like your that friends, you. yeah, pick up the wine and have it there. There's people that um make trips to New Mexico just for their wine. But that drive is so scenic. You know, we lived in Tucson. That's where our storage unit is. And so that drive is gorgeous because you're going through all these rock formations, the Dragoon Mountains. And then depending on the time of year, the yuccas could be blooming. There's all kinds of hiking. There's farms. You could go through Wilcox Winery, you know, right? See, that's what's kind of interesting. Like, I think when people go to Wilcox Winery area, because there's a lot in southeast Arizona, you have this wine, like you could do a wine route and then go up through the central part of Arizona to you practically. 
You know, we right. could do this loop because part of it takes in Route 66. Ooh. Yeah. Now I'm getting, oh, so, so I'm liking yeah. this road trip thing going on here. Right. I just so, expanded it outside of New Mexico. Am I going to get in trouble <laughs> from everyone? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> One thing but, I did yeah. want to make sure that yeah. um I mentioned was we are coming up on the 400th anniversary of the very first one uh very first vines being planted in new mexico so of course with the new mexican winemakers and the new mexican people really are so hospitable and friendly they want all us to come celebrate with them and so they're planning a big celebration for 2029 when um it will be 400 years since um European grape vines were planted in the United States, or, you know, what we now call the United States. So in the nation. Wow. Well, and you know what? It's also the 100th year anniversary of Route 66 coming up. It is. Yeah. And that's where, well, you know about that. You're, you're literally on it. Yes. So I think that's, that's another reason to start going. Like you should have two. Like so you could go twice. That's my point. Because there's a lot of wineries. Can't oh, do yeah. fifty-five in a week. So, no, no. <laughs> so this is this is these are all these extra. That is fantastic to keep our eyes open. You know, just to keep planning and and looking at that. Now, um, there's a winery I want to talk about just because I love the name Black Smuggler Winery, and this is at the Bosque. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, it's not a Bosque. Apparently, it's Bosque. Well, I in um in New Mexico they pronounce it Bosque. So, okay, because what about the so, Bosque del Apache National Wildlife Refuge? Have you been there? I haven't, oh, but it's very close by. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, that's that's a that then that's an agricultural area. So I know they do pinto beans as well as um, chilies, but that mm-hmm. is a famous place to go during the winter for all the the all the winter birds, the sandhill cranes, and everything yes. coming through. So this could be you know a wine, wings and wine. Time. Exactly. Exactly. And <laughs> but black smugglers. Oh, what are they smuggling? Come on. This so, is cool. <laughs> so that um lends that name lends itself back to there's some talk about the um Spanish priests smuggled the vines in to the New World. Now I have been trying to document that for very many years um, while I've been writing about New Mexico wine. And there's some controversy about whether the Spanish government really forbade um, the transportation of vines to the new world or not, because they were, they, they were in Peru and they were in Mexico already before 1629. So, but anyway, the urban legend goes that these priests had to smuggle the vines in because the king didn't want, you know, he wanted to continue taxing all the wine that was coming out of Spain. So that's, that's the story about smugglers. But of course, then, you know, we continue with that history of, um, prohibition during the 1920s and how, you know, I think we as, um, as, as Americans love to talk about the um, smugglers during prohibition. So, well, yeah. Um, and and yeah. 
you know, right now we are in North Carolina, um, right in the mountains of the forest. And that's where, you know, drag racing, not drag racing. Um, this is where the bootleggers really started. Um, of course, there's shine, moonshine across the country and a lot of women moonshiners. But North Carolina, this is the backwoods area where the bootlegging began. And that is what started NASCAR. And you wouldn't have NASCAR without bootleggers, <laughs> without prohibition. And the bootleggers came from prohibition. And the stories are endless. And it is kind of rooting for the underdog, right? And I right. think we like it even more because of, you know, I think it's December 8th is when we said, take your tea back, England. Shove it. We're not paying your tax. <laughs> so December 6th or 8th, or one of the two dates. And that was that. Boom, we're out. And so I think when people try to tax things, we get a little iffy about it. Right. Don't, right. don't charge so, me for my own tea. <laughs> so that's where that Black's Smuggler no winery name comes from. And I'll tell you, I had a chance to meet that family and sit down and have dinner and drink wine and oh, wow. so hospitable and such good people. Um, and I just found that to be true all through New Mexico, everywhere mm. I went, very welcoming, um, a nice, uh, I would call it a European probably because I spent so much time in Europe, but I would get, call it that European joy of living, just enjoying wine, enjoying talking to people. Um, and their uh, winery is right outside of Bleen. So Bleen is just south of Albuquerque. Okay, some, so I was going to pronounce it Belen, and now I know because I was waiting well, for you to bring it up. <laughs> and I was going to say, too, that uh, a lot of people in that area call pronounce it Blen. So... You know how different people pronounce yeah. Yeah, their yeah. town names in Arizona. We have yeah. the same thing with Prescott and Camp Verde. Prescott, yeah. <laughs> <Saturday>. So, <laughs> um, so I always ask people, so how do you pronounce the name of your town? And a lot of them would pronounce it Blen. Mm. So, and I, I put a little bit more of an E-N on it be, so that listeners can see that's B-E-L-E-N, Belen, Belen. Uh, a big railroad town. I'll tell you, oh. I, it was the first time I'd been in that town. It's only 30 miles south of Albuquerque, but oh, wow. lots of wine growing in that area. And, um, they film a lot of movies there. Oh, so cool. this is yeah. such a historic train town from the early 1800s to the late 1800s when Albuquerque then just picked up you know, kind of the train traffic, but um, a lot of those old buildings, the brick buildings are still I there. If you looked at it, you might think that you're in the Midwest um, yeah. just from, you know, that old kind of Victorian look. And you know, so I, it's really a, a place worth going. You know, what's cool is if you can have local wine and then watch a movie that was filmed there. And New Mexico has got, they should just write a book on all the movies that is, I mean, that state has had so many movies. I think they have a map um, on visit New Mexico or, you know, because they've done so much Gallup area. I think Gallup has done a lot. Um, Albuquerque. It's amazing. Yeah. North Santa of Fe. Albuquerque. Yeah. yeah. But I was surprised because I was doing research for the article and I thought, okay, what other, Films have been shot here in Blinn, and there was um, pages. There was pages and pages and pages wow. of movies that have been shot there. 
So. Oh, wow. Hey, but that's cool. I mean, I, I know friends who, who travel just for that, you know. So you've got a couple wineries at Jaramillo. Oh, I yeah. hope I'm saying this. Yeah, See, I did that. Jaramillo. I did you did. Jaramillo. So they're yeah. just down the block from, um, well, they're, I should say they're an exit away from Black Smuggler's Winery, but okay. they're right in this downtown area. So they're in one of those okay. restored historic buildings. I think I included a picture of that because it's so... Um, it's so great to see how modern these uh, tasting rooms are too, that they're really um, going for the modern taster, but keeping the history there as well. So, you know, what we love, the red brick walls, um, but uh, so people have to go and check out that picture. But again, their wines were excellent. And um, Barb, who's the winemaker's wife was pouring for me there and just had backstories See, galore. Cool? Yes. That's that to me is when you can actually connect and have that experience. I we went to a winery um I remember last year and the lady no one could tell us what we were tasting. There was no notes. So you had it was like a blind tasting just whether, you know, and it, it wouldn't have been stuff that I would have ordered in a flight to taste, but when you get mm-hmm. someone who's passionate and especially is part of the winery, that's so it makes everything. You'll stay there longer. <laughs> oh, yes. And I found that to be true in every winery that I stopped wow. at. I was talking to winemakers. I was talking to winemakers' families. I was oh. talking to very educated pourers that mm. um, knew the backstory. So a lot of these places are very small. So you will be talking to um, mm. the people that are out there picking the grapes. And, you know, some... Some of these operations are big where they have mechanical pickers, but a lot of them are out there with their families picking the grapes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I want to go help. You know, it's hard work. It's hard work. Now the Chavez brothers, um, this is, that's also in blend. I'm going to say blend because it sounds close to blend. We like the word big blend. Um, uh, so this you're talking about brothers. So, you know, this is family again, um, but they're French hybrids, Vidal Blanc. What I don't, I what is going on with their wines? Tell us a little oh. bit about that. So um, this this is a great backstory. It's one of my favorites because we started out talking about the Camino de Santiago, right? Mm-hmm. So Freddie Chavez was um, getting ready to retire and wasn't real sure what he was going to do with his life. So he felt a calling to go walk the Camino de Santiago. And at the time, he was a very successful attorney in Denver, Colorado. So he goes and walks the the, um, Camino through Portugal. And as he's walking along, he sees this old guy sitting on a stone fence. And somehow this guy makes him feel welcome to stop by and say hello. Maybe he reaches out and says hello. So they talk for a while. And um Fred is from New Mexico, so he speaks very fluent Spanish and must speak some kind of Portuguese because he's talking to this guy. And pretty soon the guy reveals, oh, I'm a farmer. And this stone fence I'm sitting on, right behind it is my vineyard. And I'm getting ready to retire and, and I'm kind of sad that, you know, I have to leave this vineyard, but 
would you like to taste some of my wine? So he reaches behind the stone wall. No way. No way. And pulls out. I'm picturing kind of a bottle, you know, because so many people in Spain and Portugal, they make their own wine. So I'm thinking it's not like a bottle of wine like we would think of. Maybe it's a jug. Who knows? So he pours Fred some wine and they sit and they talk and they talk about life. And that's when Fred has epiphany. This is what I want to do with the rest of my life. I want to be a farmer. I want to make wine with what I'm farming. And I want to sit and talk to people about it. And guess what? Today, fast forward 20 years or whatever it's been, he is in New Mexico growing his own grapes, picking his own grapes. Him and his wife do all the processing and wow. you can go and sit in his tasting room and he will tell you that story. Wow. That's a heck of a story. I mean, one's retiring, one's looking towards retirement and swaps off. I mean, that's quite, that's kind of a, that's an amazing story. And I think that kind of, I think sometimes we really have to get away to be able to look within, you know? Yes. And I think yes. those kinds of like your treks that you do, is I know you you taught in the spiritual walking guides, but they are there. There's a you know reflection within, without, and you have to get away to be able to to get it. That's the power I, of travel, and I a glass really of wine can that. help you do it too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I wow. was you know so blessed to be able to sit with Fred and his wife and drink his wine that was grown just down you know the freeway. And, wow. um, yeah. And that's hear stories. Yeah. Wow. This is, this, see, that's the thing. You get these stories as you go, you're going. Um, I don't want to leave out a couple more. I, I missed out a couple while we were talking earlier about Las Cruces and Deming area. Um, La Vina winery. Oh, yes. Yes. And we've got Rio Grande winery as well. Um, oh, those yeah. two, we, we oh, can't yeah. miss these out. My gosh. Right. So I don't um, want to miss any of them out. Both of (laughs) these are on Highway 28. So it's New Mexico Highway 28. It is one of the most scenic drives I've ever been on. And who would think this, you know, in the high desert where, you know, you don't, you don't think of agriculture, but this Highway 28 runs from Las Cruces down to El Paso. El Paso, Texas. So you are really close to Texas when you're visiting these wineries. Huh. And get off um, the highway then. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is. Yeah. So many people were telling me I I didn't even know this existed. I um, I didn't. Until I came to college here in Las Cruces and they would tell me, oh, get off the highway. It pretty much parallels, you know, in Mm -hmm. some parts, it parallels the interstate. So you drive through these agricultural, like a state highway where the um, pecan trees reach yeah. over the highway. So you're driving okay. under an arbor of, of trees that goes for miles and miles. This used to be the largest pecan orchard in the country. So it's got to be one of the top ones now, but that's, it's all agri, um, you know, it's watered with waters from the Rio Grande. It's been agricultural area since the Spanish were there almost 400 years ago now, right? 
Ooh. And um, it was in the nineteen in, in the 1700s, the largest wine producing area in the U.S. So this stretch where they're now growing wine again was one of the biggest producers in the country. Um, wow. But so La Vina is one of the oldest wineries. It's very large. They do festivals. So you want to make sure that you check out their website and you would might even want to schedule your trip around one of their festivals, but they'll get like 3000 people at their festivals, drinking the local wine, eating the local food, listening to local music. You know, it's just, uh, oh, you're really making fun. me so happy. This is the most <laughs> fun. This is fun. Yeah. And then Rio Grande Winery, um, it has been there for years, but now with a new owner, Mm -hmm. they just revamped their tasting room. And their tasting room, well, I got the inside scoop that the designer was one of the sisters who is an interior designer in Scottsdale, Arizona. And she did a fabulous job of bringing together that feel of New Mexico, but very modern, very, mm. um, um, you know, I want to say millennial like, but you know, yeah. I don't want to use that word because somebody, some people think it's negative, but you know, just beautiful design and the wines were fantastic. I really, really enjoyed, um, their wines. And one of the things, and I can say this about almost all the wineries that I was at, they really try to enhance the the winemakers want to enhance the flavor of those New Mexican grapes. Mm-hmm. And one of the very oldest New Mexican grapes is called the Mission Grape. Mm-hmm. And this Rio Grande winery does a great job with their Mission Grape making, um, you know, Spanish influenced wine. So making them like Spanish winemakers as well as, um, huh as this mission grape it's they're just phenomenal you have to you have to stop by and try it no two wines taste alike wow wow this is exciting you know to hear all these different experiences you know so i i love this whole road trip and um everyone again the article stacy's article will give you the outline of if you're driving from a to b this is what to do um stacy i want to catch up with you for this past year what is, where have you been? And I mean, we're getting into fall now, which is a perfect, September is wine month. Isn't every wine, when is wine month? I don't know, but I feel like it's wine month. Um, what, what was your year like, you know, the last three, you know, what oh, is, yeah. I can't believe I, we're almost going into fall and winter now, but what's your, you know, last crazy? year been like? Well, I spent five weeks in Morocco, Greece and Italy. So I, it, you wow. know, it was a very, um, exciting time for me. I have never been to Morocco before. And so I went with one of my travel writing colleagues and we did the typical Morocco sightseeing. And then after 10 days of that, we started hiking and we hiked oh. the high Atlas mountains, which happened to have been on my bucket list for many years. It's one of the places that long distance hikers, you know, Mm. love to go hike at in Morocco. So the colors, the people, everything, you know, doing basically kind of a hut to hut hike. 
And then I flew from Marrakesh to Athens. And I swear I had to bend. There were two North Americans on that flight. Like, no, people from the U.S. don't fly from Marrakesh to Athens. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> yeah. But I had an assignment to write about um Greek wines. So I did a road oh. trip with one of the association um, managers for Pel- Peloponnese wines. And that is one of the sections of Greece that's down uh, further to the south. But the uh-huh. you probably remember the Peloponnese Wars that we might have studied about ancient Greece. But the wine there, oh, Kalamata is um, one of the cities oh. there. And so, of course, we know Kalamata oh. Olive. Well, their wines are fantastic as well. So on my website, you that guide, I did a I did a guide for um Peloponnese wines uh, for my website as well as for winetraveler.com. Oh, excellent. So everyone again, that's unstoppable Tracy Tra- uh, Stacy Tracy unstoppable Stacy travel.com. Uh, everyone can go there. I'm just going to change your name. I had to travel stuck in my head to say travel, right? Uh, she's unstoppable Stacy, but it's unstoppable Stacy travel.com for, for everyone to check that out. So now how long have you been a member of IFTWA? I have been a member for, I think almost 15 years. Wow. So yeah. yeah. So I love IFTWA. I am now, um, on the board of directors. Oh, cool, so cool. I feel like it's time for me to give back to other yeah. travel writers. When I first started travel writing, um, I joined IFTWA and I had such good mentoring here that I decided I want to do, um, you know, give back now. Nice. So that's really yeah. nice. That's awesome. And you're going to go on the, the big sea cruise. The, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, everyone's going on the love boat because I know how all the travel riders love on each other. Right. I mean, in, yes. you know, it's everybody's, it's a very supportive community. So you're going to go on the uh, conference that goes from uh, Vancouver to LA, right? Right. And so we leave October 1st out of Vancouver. It's a conference at sea for if to what content creators, whether you're, uh, have a radio show like you do, whether you're a travel writing, a blogger, uh, doing podcasts and photographers will all be there. And mm-hmm. we will be doing our conference as we go down the West coast and mm-hmm. uh, doing wine tastings as we go and having presentations and getting motivated to write more and learning how to do it better. I love it. I love it. Well, it's always a pleasure getting to see you, not just hear you over the phone, right? Uh, but to see you and I love following you on social media. What's the best place for everyone to follow you? Because I know social media, sometimes it's one way, one way it's the other. Sometimes it's Twitter. Sometimes it's not. Who knows what right. to do anymore, right? Instagram is still there. It is. <laughs> and Instagram's still there. Now we have and, threads. Oh, right. boy. So I'm, um, I, have the largest audience and am most active on Facebook. So you can find me at Facebook, Stacy Wittig. I have, you know, I, I, um, Facebook as myself. I don't have a business page for that. So Stacy Wittig on Facebook or unstoppable Stacy on, um, Instagram. Okay, cool. Thank you so much, everyone, again. Uh, thank you for joining us here on Big Blend Radio. Every second Friday, we get to chat with the uh, different members of the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association, and we also do it every second Tuesday. 
And then we have a panel show that we do on every third Friday. And then we have another one on uh, the third Monday. I think it is third or fourth Monday, but yeah. And that talks about the different destinations. So it's really cool. We love to go around the world and across the country with uh, IFTWA members. It's always fun. And if you are a writer, a photographer, a destination, even a winery, um, I encourage you to go to ifwtwa.org and check out their membership um, because they're great members and very supportive for everybody in the world of food, wine, and travel. Everyone can keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thank you so much, Stacy. Hey, thank you, Lisa. Talk soon. Take care. Okay, bye-bye.